everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I don't know what that was, uh, and I will <laughs> never do country. it again. It's because I like started singing it for a second, and then I just kind of don't know why. It's the Brazilian Grand Prix. I probably should have done that for Cota or something like that. Las but instead, Vegas. Uh, changed it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a bit of Las Vegas stuff that we need to talk about. Um, but yeah, welcome along, everybody. This is the uh, Brazilian GP pre-race stuff and also some hype for it some news a little bit of this a little bit of that mm-hmm. of course the the wtf one founder the founder of my heart the founder of everyone's hearts in fact tom bellingham um how are you doing tommy how how's how's week without formula one been very quiet actually i'm looking forward to it and you know brazil is awesome so it's a good it's the perfect race to have back especially at the end of the season when the hype's died down. Sorry, Abu Dhabi, but Brazil is just the one, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's such a good race all the time. And uh, Very true. Yeah. Brazil probably is my number one race that I look forward to. I don't think that there's... I know that Spa's amazing, Mons is amazing as a track, but Brazil, there's been so much chaos, so much controversy, drama that that track has produced that... It is number one for me, actually. If I if I ever get asked in the future, Tommy, what my favourite track is, remind me of this particular podcast because I'm lying to myself because of this feeling that Brazilian GP week is coming up. Yeah, I always say Spa as well. I, I always say Spa, but Spa, we've had a asked? good race there yes. in a while. And then when I get to Brazil, I'm always like, God, Brazil is so good. And it, or even boring seasons, Brazil seems to be really good, right? even boring seasons. Uh, so yeah, I think Brazil gets slept on, even though it's usually in a lot of people's top five. I feel like it's third or below. Mm. Um, some people in the, we're live on Twitch, WTF on official, if you don't follow us already, saying the British Grand Prix, what about that, Matt? It's like, yeah, well, I enjoy going, going to it, but I think I'm a little bit biased because of the fact I can actually go to the Formula One race and, and whatnot. But um, yes, so it was a, a reasonably quiet, Was there was no like Oscar Piastri telling a team to F off kind of week. This was very much a um, bits and bobs. And one of the things that, of course, has been littered across our social media channels is the Las Vegas launch event, uh, which, of course, was about as Las Vegas as you would expect uh, it to be for a Formula One launch party and lots of parties <laughs> and music and loudness, donuts. And yeah, very flashy and showy is what you expect. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a Las Vegas event, by the way, when Lewis Hamilton turns up for it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. You I know? was really surprised when I saw that. He doesn't tend to do stuff outside of F1, really, does he? Because if you remember, this is F1 a proper Live. throwback. But yeah, F1 Live, he was the only yeah. driver that didn't go, wasn't he? So. Yeah. And we were very sad about that because we actually got to go and we were mm. there kind of God, chilling around. Ever ago was, now. So long ago. That was like five years ago. That's when we just started the channel, I think. Yeah. Madness. Absolute madness. Uh, that was the day actually when Ted Kravitz came up to me. I don't know. We were you together? Or, I no, because I remember you said he was looking to say Yeah, he was to looking to well. say hello to you. He was like, <laughs> oh, I love what you guys are doing with WTF1. I was like, that's Ted Kravitz saying that he loves what... It was a very strange and st- a weird day. But um, weird. yeah, so of course you had you had what? Both Red Bulls, both Mercedes? No, Max no, wasn't, there. wasn't there. Sorry. Perez no. was. It was Perez, George Mercedes and fans. Lewis. Yeah. Why was it those three? What about? I don't really know. Um, I guess they just got invited. It's very cheek. I, I noticed that, I don't know if you saw the clip, but uh, when they were being interviewed on stage, George was like, 
Crofty, you're allowed to ask Sergio a question. Yeah, I saw that. that <laughs> Twitter took that well, uh, as always. Oh, um, uh, dear. Yeah, and he was like, I have special permission. And there was, yeah, slight bit of awkwardness, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it was a big event. I think it. you actually look at the track and you go, you can you can put as many whistles to this. The actual track layout is um, very much kind of Miami vibes where they're fitting it in and around the place that they want it to happen as opposed to, oh, this Standard. would make a good track. Let's have it there. You know what I mean? Standard, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, people in the chat reminding us that Alban and Gunther Steiner were there. I don't know why I saw nothing from Alban. Was he not there doing show runs, maybe? But maybe that's why. I, I, he the only, up for the party. Yeah, he just turned up for the party, and yeah, Gunther Steiner was there, of course. But yeah, they were. I think they were going around. Uh, they, they kind of showed the track off a little bit, and obviously they went down the Las Vegas Strip, like you say, which is part of the track, because of course it is. Um, like you say, they're very much building a circuit around where they want it to go rather than this is a good track. And uh, George Russell was quoted as saying that the Vegas circuit is going to be extremely boring to drive, um, but could be, but <laughs> yes, could be, yeah, but could, event. but could be a good race. He said it was, he said it won't be fun for the drivers, but it would be a good spectacle for fans, hopefully. Wow. Um, he didn't get the memo. No. <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh so of course yeah you have that um there was also a thing around painting the start line oh, uh, which they managed to get wrong which uh, some people found quite funny and some people said don't change it just leave it as it is uh do you have more information that. on that from the ground or no not from uh, the ground? on the ground or from what yeah from ground. yeah so what what happened was basically uh if you've seen obviously you know the, the start finish line it's like a checkered flag basically like a long strip of checkered flag and what they wanted to do was uh, a lot of important people there they wanted them to paint that checkered flag onto the uh, onto the track to essentially create the start line at the event and what they did was they etched it out so they had all the squares and they wrote people's names in the square where you went to had to paint so obviously you alternate for a checkered flag and uh, some people just painted the wrong square so you ended up, it was like two white bits together, then a missing bit, then a white bit. Like it didn't it didn't work. And then also the middle, I think someone accidentally just went straight over the middle um, and missed it. So yeah, I think they're going to have to redo it. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably would have had to redo it anyway, maybe. But, yeah. Because uh, it's not going to last until the penultimate race of the season next year before they repaint it. But it's a, it was a nice thought for sure, yeah. like a, a cool thing to potentially do. But I it's kind of, kind of one of those things, right? When you the whole class get told to do something and then there's a few people that have just got it wrong and then they're looking around at other people going, oh no, uh, yeah. I think I've got the wrong square. What do I do now? Do I just carry on? Do I just do I just keep painting? Can't be trusted when you get a group of people together. There's always one person that will sabotage it or mess it up. That would 100% be me if I was in that that line. Oh, million yeah. Percent. I, would, I, I can't follow the most simple of instructions. <laughs> um, so there was that, of course, yeah, as we mentioned, show cars doing lots of donuts. And what I want to say, by the way, how cool were the neon lights on the Mercedes? Oh, my days. Give me that forever for night yeah. races. It looks so cool. Obviously, probably not race spec and would not be able to be run anyway but the fact that they even thought to do that was was awesome i loved it yeah very cool they, they i'm surprised they don't do that for singapore mercedes always seem to do that i guess 
yeah, people in the chat going extra weight, which this year yeah, is a big problem. To. But if they force them to do it, it'd be cool. Yeah, just an extra kilogram for all cars that is specifically for some funky lights. Yeah. And then, and then you could change the color based on things that are happening. So when they do like a purple sector, it goes purple or that'd be cool. It's very need for speed vibes. Absolutely. Yeah, very much. Um, but I was, I was keen. I was absolutely keen for that. Looked amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, that's pretty much it for Las Vegas. Would you say Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. All good. Uh, do you want to say this next bit? Because you know much about it. Uh, yeah. So Sebastian Vettel has just announced that he's, doing uh sort of announced what his final helmet design is going to be for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix um sorry sub fans we're going to have to talk about it but yeah his final final F1 race and he's got a bit on the side that says the final lap and then he's basically got um it's already like made but there's places for fans and people like all over the helmet and you can go on a website which I believe is finallap.de and you can bid to have your photo put onto the helmet uh, and basically 100% of the proceeds go to um, Seb's environmental charities and work that he does, uh, which is a very cool thing. And uh, yeah, he's going to have his fans on his helmet for his final race. Oh, 50 euros. uh, Hmm. Uh, You can bid... Yeah, so it says picture well, six four so eight, yeah. picture eight five one, picture eight one three. I mean, it's going to be the tiniest spot ever, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool and uh, a very nice thought to it. have you. Yeah, <laughs> with WTF one avatar on it. Yeah, we finally made it on a, onto a car. Get in. One is at fifty eight thousand euros. Says oh, Yosti in the Twitch chat. That's that's not what I just saw as fifty euros. Maybe that's front and center. Um, maybe we'll get that one for for a Tommy photo or something. That'll be, that'll be <laughs> just me like, yeah. The highest is eighty eight thousand. Good oh lord. Okay, word. I thought fifty euros was a bit cheap. Um, maybe that's the starting price, and it's changed uh, since then. There are bids. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's quite a nice, nice thing to to do. Um, and yeah, we we don't want to talk about Sebastian Vettel leaving, nor Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, as the two sort of oh, and who can we forget? Nicholas Latifi. Uh, can't is it retiring or is it ousted out? I think that's. But then again, Danny Rick, you could probably say the same for him. Uh, it's not exactly their choice to be leaving Formula One. Um, is that it? Who else is going, Tommy? Uh, that is a good question. Um, well, maybe Mick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher know, yeah. potentially. Um, yeah, that that could be. Surely not. Sure, I thought. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. We're actually going to talk about that uh, very shortly. But on to Brazil. Indeed. Sprint weekend. Don't forget, it is a sprint race weekend, which means Friday is qualifying. Saturday is the sprint race and Sunday is the main race, otherwise known as the resumption of a red flag period of the first race into the second race. Uh, that's all the sprint race weekends are, but that's what Tommy loves. Tommy loves a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of action and less mm, practice. Less practice, more actual racing for which on the base of it. Yes. Good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to pretend that it's actually a good format because it's not, and it could be better, but Less practice and more racing is good in my eyes. I just don't think they've done it right. But for me, it's still better. It's not perfect, but it's still better. We'll get there, especially if they keep adding more and more sprint races. 
we have yeah, to get we'll there. We'll get six next year, don't we? Yep. Six. Mm. I've had a lot of time to process this, and I'm still not happy with six. I feel yeah. like that's too many. It's changing. It's cha- I mean, I guess they're adding more races, so technically it's less of a percentage than it would be. But either or, um, yeah, it should be. I mean, Brazil lends itself very nicely to it, I think. Um, obviously, it allowed Lewis Hamilton to go from last, essentially, to first throughout the sprint plus main race uh, with his rocket-powered engine, uh, which a lot of people... Uh, of course, speak about some positively, some very much not. Uh, but this was uh, on his charge to try and win an eighth title last year, which we all know how that ended. So we won't get into that. Uh, but the, the weather forecast is something to talk about for the Brazilian Grand Prix this year. And that is, it looks like it's going to rain and rain a lot. Apocalyptic. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of rain. Or yeah, well, from what conditions. I've seen, it's, yeah, thunderstorms when the racing is going to be on. Mm. So, I look, I've had, it's funny because I put a tweet out saying, oh my God, what have you done, Brazil? And, and shared the weather forecast. And it's funny because I always get replies like I did for Singapore. I was like, Singapore's like, oh my God, what are you going to do, Singapore? And then the, the locals are like, Matt, come on. It rains like for 20 minutes and they just put it down as, as rain. Like, it's not going to rain. And look how wet Singapore was. Okay. So, yeah. don't write it off. Okay, and also, there's, a, there's a chance, a big chance, especially with Brazil and how quickly it changes there with the, in terms of the weather. Just a, a light a light little th- shower, sign me up. That's what we need. Just a little five minutes of bucketing it down, changes the race completely, strategies go out the window. Yes, please. I don't want any of this nonsense of raining for five hours. Nah, none of that. Mm. Just five minutes here and there. Well, based on the forecast, you're not in luck because it sounds like it's going to rain a lot. You know, sometimes, oh. sometimes we get these things where... You know, when you go on Google and you search for the weather and if it's rain at any point during the day, it shows rain, which is kind of what people go and they're like, oh, it's only raining at yeah. six o'clock, whatever. If you actually look and scroll through the hours. So uh, on Friday at the moment from 12 o'clock, it's thunderstorms all the way until, well, all day, <laughs> all day, all the way into Saturday, chance of showers, Um then it's back to a thunderstorm at 10 a.m. on Saturday, which carries on all the way to 8 p.m. at night. And then Sunday, you guessed it, thunderstorms from 9 a.m. all the way to 10 p.m. So we'll be live like, on Twitch yeah. for all 30 hours of yeah. these three days um, <laughs> when we are still waiting for a session. Yeah. That, uh, yeah We've that had that sounds... before at Brazil, haven't we? Um, mm. I feel like a few times. I remember one year that um, Quali got delayed and thought it was going to be on the mon- uh, Sunday. Sorry, and I think they did do it Sunday morning one one year maybe. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's so weird because rain has just changed so much. Uh, my opinion of of rain in Formula One now. Um, it, I don't love it as much as I used to. Because what's happened? I, this I is a thing, right? F1 fans used to literally celebrate mm. the minute any kind of rain was forecast. Spa 2021 ruined us. It Abs- did. And not just that, right? It's not just Spa 2021 because that was freak weather that ruined you know, us having any kind of race. It's also the FIA's incompetence. And the fact is they don't have 
and I guess slightly with Pirelli as well, a working wet weather tyre. But then with Pirelli, they can't get the testing for the wet tyre because none of the, te- none of the teams want to test the wet tyre. So it's kind of this horrible rolling cycle yeah. where something needs to be done where we get a better wet tyre so that the wet tyres are actually something that's viable rather than seeing all the drivers out on wetter conditions than they should be on the intermediates and causing all kinds of chaos in that first lap at Suzuka, which you know we've gone over many, many times. Um, so it's it almost like if we do get another heavy rain session for the race, they have to mandate wet tires, surely. Like rather yeah. than allowing them to do a standing start on intermediate tires when it was bucketing it down. Yeah, because they uh, showed it, it worked. These are the kind right. of things they can do as well. Yeah. They showed it worked in um when they were actually did the the restart where they had to be on the wet tires, they were all going around fine. No one was aquaplaning. There was a lot of rain, a lot of standing water, but unfortunately, yeah, you everyone just wants to get on the the inters because they're so much quicker. And it's that horrible situation of do you want to potentially smash into the wall, but you're 10 seconds a lap quicker? F1 drivers will always choose that option. Yeah, exactly. And that's unfortunately that's not what not, the FIA would want. Should be. As- uh, from a safety perspective, for sure. Right. And even the drivers said that, didn't they, after Suzuka? Like, we didn't want to be on the intermediates, but we had to be. Uh, so, yeah, the wet tyres need testing a bit more in order to allow for them to gain some information as to how to make them better. Uh, so we'll see, right? And I think this next... I've got, I've got a big brain strat right now for Haas in particular. Right? You ready to hear I'm it? Them. And it's going to segue into our next point. All right, if they're binning off Mick Schumacher, announce it before Brazil. Get Hulkenberg in the seat, he'll get pole. (laughs) Remember? Yeah. First year, Williams stuck it on pole, bottled it in the race, shock. But in quali, Nico Hulkenberg around Brazil. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, especially in wet weather. If it's done, just just do it now. Come on, one race. Just let's see what Nico can do. If he does better than you already, come on. That's uh yeah, Hulkenberg did get pole. Uh what year was it? Twenty ten. Oh ten. Was it ten? Yeah, Jeez. when he was a rookie. For that Williams. is twelve years ago. Wild. We are old. He got pole by one point one seconds, says Balksy in the Twitch chat. That uh yeah, it was right at the end, wasn't it? Where he literally destroyed everybody else. Um, yeah, wild. And then collided with Chance Hamilton. Hamilton. Uh, no, that was Ham- a diff- that was a different year. 2010 was Hulkenberg's bowled it twice at, uh, uh, so many bottles. I get confused. (laughs) 2010 was the year he got pole for Williams and just like dropped back and finished like seventh or whatever. And 2012 was the year where he finished fourth. uh, 2012 was the year where he, um, yeah, was in the force India and, uh, was looking like, well, he had a podium literally guaranteed. Wasn't he leading the race? I swear. Uh, He he went for the move. To, to lead, lead the race, the race that was and it. crashed with Hamilton. Took Hamilton out his final race for McLaren. Has um, if you're thinking about uh, hiring Hulkenberg, maybe check back on these uh, bottle jobs um, yeah. because you know you quality great. The race not so much. Yeah, <laughs> put put Mick back in for the race in Hulkenberg's helmet after his Hulkenberg's put it on pole. Yes, there's perfect. Our strat. That there you I feel go. Like we're doing our Metz one manager stress. thing again. <laughs> F one manager, um, but yes, F one manager. Sorry, <laughs> that's an old school game. That one, um, but yes, uh, 
so it's the whole news around this, right, is that Van Dorn has been announced as replacing Hulkenberg as the Aston Martin reserve driver, which then begs the question, well, where's Nico going? Surely he's not just going to mm. give up on a nice cushy little reserve driver role at Aston Martin. Well, surely that opens up the door to Haas. And this is the question now is, firstly, is do you think he's off to Haas, Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder? Or... Do you think he's off to somewhere else? Or do you think that he even deserves to get that has seat? Lots of questions. Let's dive into them. I don't think he deserves the seat because he's had his chance, in my opinion. A lot of chances. And he's a very good driver. Don't get me wrong. And I think he would have a lot to offer still. I've just seen I'd... someone in chat called Magnuson Magnesium. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> That's an autocorrect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fact that... Um, it's got to the point where, you know, I think I think that Hulkenberg may well do better than Mick Schumacher. I think he might. Whether I think he would. It's a, I think he would, but it's a just a weird choice. I mean, I'm right. Just imagine this, right? The start of 2021, we had Mick Schumacher and Mazepin at Haas. Imagine saying at the start of 2023, the lineup is potentially Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen. That would just blow your mind, wouldn't it? Like, how what has happened for that to to be a thing? Um, Magnuson and Hulkenberg, it's just insane. Like, but it just it sums up this silly season. And you know, I'm I'm saying it now. Uh, Drive to survive, I think, are in charge of this silly season because if we're going to have Gasly and Ocon as teammates and Hulkenberg and Magnuson, I think I think Netflix are pulling some strings there. I think they've been in it for years, to be honest, mate. I think they've been writing the whole script and we've just mm. been, um, yeah, to, watching to be fair, To be fair, of all the teams, has seem the ones that they literally just exist to be the, the main characters of Drive to Survive. That's it. Gunter doesn't actually do anything from a day-to-day anymore. He's literally just there to fox smash some doors and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, what I do want to say, right, about Hulkenberg and Haas is that if you are Haas, I can understand why they would bring back Hulkenberg because at the end of the day... Has no, they're not going to be fighting for wins. Not next year, not the year after, not ever, maybe. They just need to score points. And Hulkenberg was the king of scoring points. And if they if he can just be that consistent benchmark at the team where he can just pick up some P9s, some P10s, he's not, yeah, okay. As soon as he gets to third place, his his left leg starts quivering. But apart from that, below that, he's fine. He doesn't care about a P4 and below. So, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd, if it was Hulkenberg and Magnussen this year, I think they'd have got a lot more points. And clearly, if that is the lineup next year, surely that's Haas ad- pretty much admitting that it was a mistake to essentially stick two rookies in a car. They smashed up the car multiple times, didn't really work. And now they've got two experienced drivers again and pretty much gone back to a stability of two experienced drivers. I think Frank was getting involved in the background there as well. He's uh, a big Mick Schumacher fan. He's up to the about uh, it. Yeah. He can't stand it. He can't stand it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think, you know, if this if we were talking about uh, an Alpine seat or a, a front-running seat, I'd go, no, oh, come on, you can't be going for Hulkenberg. But Haas, I can understand why they go for him. Maybe Nico just wants to get back on the grid. He'll take a bit of a pay cut going to Haas, but at least he'll be driving an F1 car week in, week out. I can see it. I can see it because there's not many other options available uh, that really stand out if Haas are trying to look for that solid foundation. 
Um, you know, there's Giovinazzi, but he binned it literally in FP1 that he had uh, this year at, uh, at the American. Yeah, not USGP, a great shot, so. was it? To because because I thought oh, I was so surprised when Gio was there, and now it seems like he's completely sort of not. It's it's not going to happen now. Maybe I mean, knowing this silly season, he'll suddenly do it again. But that failure in the fact that they gave him a chance and realistically Mick's biggest problem is the fact that he's been smashing the car up a lot and you go oh you want someone more experienced that's not going to do that puts Giovinazzi in and he bends it um yeah you can see why they want a safe pair of hands in Hulkenberg and Haas have never got close to a podium anyway so Nico Hulkenberg doesn't have to worry about falling off the road when he gets to P3 because they won't be there and you can just pick up P6 and 7 well, you never know. Haas at the start of a season are actually always seem to come out flying, and then by the end they're the 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 you know the, the slowest runners of everyone. But look, if they just come out the blocks flying again in twenty twenty three, you never know what could happen. It's a that was that is such a missed opportunity. Like if you think, yeah, that car at the start of the season at the Magnussen hadn't been in the car very long and was doing great things. They should have got a lot of points at the start of the year. And um, yeah, they're, it looks like they're tumbling their way down back to, to P9. And it seems like it's going to be them and Williams in ninth and 10th after all. Shocking. Crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. And that's may- maybe why, you know, maybe that's why they think, oh yeah, Hulk and Magnussen are not exactly the most you know, exciting driver lineup on the grid, but also quite exciting for the dynamic of those two and how they work together as teammates. Um, but Maybe they just need to be able to trust two drivers with their cars. Is that the worst thing in the world? Has don't have a you know millions and millions and millions to burn away uh, from Mick Schumacher crashing. So um, cool. All right. So I think I think that was a, a decently long podcast, Tommy. I think that was quite a lot of. We did well for uh, scraping the barrel news. <laughs> no, I wasn't scraping the barrel. Don't be silly. The Las Vegas launch event is huge news across the world. Um, Tommy, final thoughts. Final thoughts are, I saw, just just to get back on the Ferrari pain for you, Max, you've not had enough, um, saw a funny stat that um, since Binotto uh, was Said quoted as saying that the there's no reason we can't win the last 10 races, no Red Bull cares. has won all of them. Yes, Savage. I know that Rebels won every single race, Tommy, since Mattia Bonotto said we, <laughs> there's no reason why we can't But the, win the timing of that, the fact that he said that, he's the worst jinx than you are. No, he's the worst team principal, <laughs> and uh, potentially we need someone new at Ferrari. But then again, we keep getting new people at Ferrari, and it doesn't work. So what is the strategy? Who knows? But what we do know is I'm not seeing another Ferrari win this entire year. Get in the bin. <laughs> How can Bonotto? Yeah, that was my final thought. How can my final thought is how can Bonotto promise such a thing? Yeah, a lot shaking material Bonotto emotes in the chat because look, it's just you can't say those kind of things to your fans. Yeah, come on. Someone sent me a clip of uh, Bahrain Internet's Uh, best reactions and was like, "Oh, Matt, are you are you still scared?" Because I, I was like. What has happened? Ferrari getting the right strategy, doing <laughs> what they need to do with both their drivers. I'm scared. What's happened to the old Ferrari? I thought you were going to say someone sent you the clip of Arriva Bene. Did you see that? No, what was it? Uh, the, Arriva Bene, I think, I can't remember. I don't know if he's still at Juventus, but he he's obviously 
ex-Ferrari team principal. And uh, he's walking past um, uh, people in Italy and two kids go, Benotto out. And he turns around and nods his head. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> I need to go and watch that clip. Yeah. Yeah, good good stuff. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for watching live on Twitch. WTF on Official, if you don't follow us already, and if you listen to us on audio, thanks, as always, for, for listening along. We'll have lots more coming your way. Hot Takes Wednesday is returning this week. And, of course, we have the Brazilian Grand Prix weekend with lots of post quality podcast post sprint podcast the psp and also the post race podcast so lots of podcasts to look forward to make sure you follow us on all the social platforms uh to be notified of this and we will see you soon for another audio pod and if you're on twitch we'll carry on for a few minutes and chat with you guys so yeah tommy thank you so much as always lovely stuff goodbye goodbye (laughs) uh you didn't know what to say did you love it